0: Gonzaga Nation SI, our pregame preview, where we take a look at Gonzaga's upcoming opponents. This time, it's a huge game early in WCC play. Gonzaga hosts on Thursday the BYU Cougars. We have with us the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Greg, thanks for joining. Hopefully, life is well in Provo as you get ready to make the trek up here to Spokane.
1: Yeah, things are going really well, actually. Thank you, Dan. Good to be with you. It's rare that BYU gets off to this kind of a start to the WCC campaign, actually. 2-0 and is the best BYU's been in five years. It, uh 2016-17 was BYU's last 2-0 start. Um, one of the functions of the fact it's been a while is BYU seems to always draw Gonzaga or St. Mary's in those first couple games, and they got St. Mary's this year early, but won that game on Saturday. It was a home game at the Marriott Center. Uh, BYU's now beaten the Gales four straight in Provo. Uh, which is a nice little turnaround for BYU against St. Mary's that way. And so, yeah, uh, they got Pacific on Thursday, and then St. Mary's on Saturday uh, to open up 2-0 in league.
0: Well, you guys have the gauntlet to start league. Uh, Nothing against Pacific, but uh, you knocked off St. Mary's, and I want to talk about that game a little bit more in a second. But you have Gonzaga Thursday, and then University of San Francisco uh, on Saturday in San Francisco. I think San Francisco looks terrific right now. They've got a balance of – of scoring and experience and enough size to create some problems. But uh, back to your guys' early season, what have been the strengths and weaknesses so far for the Cougars?
1: Well, I'm going to say the strength of BYU, the overriding strength, is the Cougars, Dan, appear to be a team greater than the sum of their parts. Um, you know, BYU's best teams seem to have uh, centered around a big three, if you will, in scoring. And this year, it's more like, uh, you know, a big one and maybe two. Alex Barcelo is far and away the leading scorer for this team at around uh, 17 points a game. Tijon Lucas is the only other double-figure scorer at 10 a game. Then you've got six guys all averaging between six and eight points. And so, A, B, you know what you're going to get. Tijan, you're pretty sure what you're going to get. He's excellent, by the way, as a fifth-year guard transfer in from Milwaukee and and formerly at Illinois as well. Those two make it go, but then everyone else is just kind of pitching in as needed. And they've had to go to some big freshmen. Uh, they lost Gavin Baxter for the year. They lost Richard Howard for the year. So that's a lot of size that changed their team pretty considerably. Um, that 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 that's really where BYU hoped to be particularly strong. They lose both those guys, so. They've thrown a kid named Fusene Traore into the mix, and Atiki Ali Atiki, two talented freshmen but very raw, have had to play uh, some significant uh, significant minutes. And Atiki was a big part of the winner of St. Mary's on the weekend, and Fus has kind of been a revelation. Uh, He's now a four-game starter uh, for BYU, and he's been uh, as advertised and then some. But you don't know what to expect from a freshman uh, coming right from the prep ranks, and Foose has been a really pleasant surprise for BYU that way. So the strength is how everyone kind of comes together and does what's needed. Um, if there are weaknesses, BYU is not a great shooting team. They're, they're actually a pretty you know mediocre team by percentage, and they can have some rough days from the three-point line but survive those rough days. An example is Saturday night. They went one for 13 from the Arc against St. Mary's and still won that game and led for most of the game. So not the best shooting team right now, but they compensate in other ways, primarily defensively, really, really good defensive team. Uh, The metrics show it, uh, whether it's Ken Palmer, otherwise they, they're one of the better defending teams in the country right now. And they've kind of embraced that identity too. BYU teams in the past, Dan, as you know, uh, run it, gun it high scoring. If they're not scoring in the seventies and eighties, they may not be winning games. Well, they're winning games now in the sixties and fifties, which is not like BYU of the past. So it's a new identity, And it's working to this point.
0: Yeah, when you were talking about uh, the loss of the two bigs, Baxter and Harwood, that as an outsider to BYU's program early this season, uh, I was kind of uh, curious to see how you guys would play. If the young guys um, would pick up the slack and and what the the identity would look like. Uh, It looks like they've bought into the identity on the defensive end. Offensively, things are going to run through Barcelo, who's who's such a underrated shooter nationally i mean i think going into the saint mary's game i think he was almost 49 percent from three he struggled that game but overall things run through him on that end of the floor when you look at the coaching staff with mark pope chris burgess etc how much of it they had to tinker because of those injuries and then because of the the balance of the roster now uh having to adjust
1: yeah so they went from a slower tempo Feed the post identity to start, to then losing those bigs, going smaller and speeding things up, and so the tempo uh, the tempo changed almost immediately, and they're not just bombing away. And again, they're not that kind of team, but they've still been in double-digit threes, I think six times this year. So they they have nights where they can really get it going, but conversely, as I noted against St. Mary's, they can have a one three-pointer night and still find a way to get it done. So they're they're smaller and they're faster tempo-wise. That was maybe the biggest change. Uh, Yet, I think the most important thing is, in losing size, they didn't lose their ability to rebound effectively. Now, yes, St. Mary's did edge BYU on the boards on the glass Saturday, but that was kind of a late phenomenon of a ton of offensive rebounds that the Gales were grabbing in that game. And so it's it's the exception rather than the rule that BYU be out-rebounded. But that was the key to me, Dan, was when they lost the size – they kind of redoubled their efforts, if you will, and had to work even harder to be a good rebounding team. And that's why their Ken Palm offensive numbers stay decent, even though the shooting's not been there. They've been able, able to extend so many possessions with offensive rebounds that are kind of counted as the same possession in Ken Palm. And so the offensive numbers are still solid, top 50 in efficiency, and you can work with that. You can win with that, even though the, the, the shooting itself is kind of middle of the pack it, it, nationally.
0: You know, when I look at the WCC, I see a lot of really good coaches uh, across the league. I think Todd Golden's one of the best young coaches. You've got guys like Romar and Herb Sendick, Randy Bennett, who've had, had great stretches. But I look at Coach Mark Pope as maybe the play, the coach who would be the most fun to play for. What is it like in, in, in the BYU Athletic Department when he's around? Because whether I've come across him uh, while we were both players in the NBA or I've come across him as a broadcaster, he just has boundless energy. What's it like with him around the BYU Athletic Department?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the word you just mentioned is the one you'd want to hit on with Mark. He's, a, he's an energy source, right? He is effervescent. He's affable. He's gregarious. He's outgoing. He's inspiring. He's all the things that uh, I would think a a player and or a fan base wants out of their head coach. He's been uh, truly a blessing for BYU. and, And he was that when he was an assistant coach here under Dave Rose in the past. But what you saw as an assistant was Mark Pope being properly deferential to the head coach. Yes, he's still the same Mark Pope, but when you're the assistant, it's not your program. You've got to let the lead guy set the tempo, be the face, and kind of put the imprint on the program. When he went to UVU for those years, he then, you know, kind of came into his own, and you saw – you know, the full Mark Pope experience, if you will, start to develop there at UVU. And he did some great things. I mean, what he did with that program, I think doesn't maybe get get enough attention because of where he's at right now. But what he did at UVU over those seasons is pretty remarkable. Uh, You know, turning it into a program that now expects to beat teams like BYU, which UVU did with Mark Pope and which UVU did this year against Mark Pope. That's who he kind of helped UVU become in a lot of ways. And so now he comes back to BYU and again, all the qualities that make him, um, you know, a broadcaster's dream are on, on display at all times. And that's kind of just who he is. Uh, he's a lot of fun to be around. I know that uh, the players, you know, gravitate to his style. And, um, you know, he's he has a lot of fun as in his job. And he, I think he thinks the sport is supposed to be fun. And he embraces that part of it. And and the fans have really responded, Dan. This is a a top 10 team nationally right now in attendance. BYU's averaging around 16,000 fans per game. Got 17 plus for the St. Mary's game. So it feels like a sellout most nights right now at the Marriott Center. And you know that building has a great vibe when it fills up. And so, you know, the fans are buying in. Players clearly have bought in. 14 wins in 17 games. That's the best 17-game record BYU's had since Jimmer Fredette's senior season. And again, they're kind of cobbling together these wins. It's not a prototypical, um, you know, super explosive team that's getting it done. It's a grinding uh, type of team that just kind of plays together, plays with heart and finds a way. It's been fun to watch.
0: Yeah, it has been fun to watch. uh... As a Gonzaga alum, and when I'm not calling a game, I'm a GU fan. But the rest of the year, I enjoy watching BYU. Safe travels on your way up here. And uh, look forward to it being a a great game because BYU's come up to Spokane and knocked off the Zags a number of times in recent memories. So thanks again for joining. And uh, hopefully we'll connect again when they play the second time later this year in Provo.
1: Yeah, I look forward to doing it again with you, Dan. And I I always look forward to my visits to Spokane. Uh, we get used to these annual routines and how they feel. And even though uh, you know the zags traditionally are going to get the teams that come into the kennel, BYU's had just enough good nights to keep those uh, those, those, those uh, fires of hope burning. And we'll see if that warms things up for the Cougs a little bit on Thursday.